Welcome to Just Julie. I am Julie, and I want you to know how thankful I am that you chose to join me today. And now, here is today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. We're going to talk about some tough stuff about dating, engagement, and all the planning for the big day. Join me. Welcome to today's podcast. And this is going to be a two-part podcast in that today we're going to talk about part one, marriage, preparing for marriage, And then next week will be part two of what it's like after you're in marriage and how to work through some stuff that happens in there. You know, we might need a part three because this is a big topic. Hey, dating and all that goes with that and also engagement and wedding, it's a lot of stuff. But marriage... Marriage is where we have done the least amount of preparation. You know, the big day, the wedding date is a big deal. Okay, so those of you who are listening, remember the time you got engaged and what was one of the questions people usually would ask you as soon as they found out that you had just gotten engaged. Right. When is the date? Because that is the day of all days. Large wedding or small, not so large wedding. That's the day. And even now, more recently in the past few years, there have been additional cards sent out to people that you wanted to make sure they were going to circle that date on the calendar and it's called save the date. And so you get a save the date card to make sure you know uh, you're invited to this celebration. And, And then we'll send you another card closer to time to give you more information about the day. Let's look at all the preparation that goes on for the day. But but first, you know, you've got the dating that happens, you've got the decision that happens, and then you have the ring. You have the dating, the decision, and the ring. And those three things then bring you to the creme de la creme, and now it's preparing for the wedding day. A lot of times, this takes up to a year or more to get ready for this day. You've got the venue. You've got the entertainment. You've got who's going to officiate. You've got colors. You have the invitations, the attendance. You have um, the amount of money you're going to need. And all of the conversations and more conversations 
that you're going to have. And you're going to write all this down and you're going to check it off as you go. And all of the things that you want to have happen for the day. And I will say that a lot of girls, from the time they're little till the day comes, they've had in their minds what this is going to look like and what kind of dress they're going to have. And of course, that all changes as the years go by. Boys don't do that like that. But typically, girls will do that. So we have gone into major, major preparation for this day. And you have a lot of people involved. All those people, the cake, the photographer, um, the flowers, the, the person going to do this, and the person the, who's going who's gonna, to uh, be at the uh, <clears throat> guest book. And who's, I mean, look at all the stuff that you have. And oh, and what if it's outside, what's going to happen if it rains? What are we, we going to do with that? So look at all the details that go into the day. But let's roll it back a little bit. Let's roll it back to when the dating begins. So do you remember, excuse me, do you remember when you started dating the person that you are either getting married to or you've been married to and, and what that looked like? Typically, that, that, is showing, you know, kind of our best, especially initially. And we don't really, or we try not to, let this other person really see us, you know, for for who we are. Um, you know, we're going to make sure our hair looks a certain way, or we're going to make sure we have the nicest clothes and they all match, or... And there's some people who don't do that. They're like, you you see what you get. Okay. But, you know, there's usually this, this, even this preparation to go on a date. And the excitement about that and the expectation about that. And, and each person, you know, guy, girl, they're, they're looking forward to this time together. And they want to present the best of themselves. In all of that dating, whether it's months or years of dating... Things happen. Um, you will probably see something going on with this person that you're like, I, yeah, 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 I, I, I'm not really sure I, I like that. But, but we overlook it because we're caught up in what this is supposed to look like and where this is supposed to go. Because, hey, you know, after we get married, things will, you know, I can probably help them with that. You know, I'll probably, I'll probably help maybe, maybe to try to change that. And so we get this false idea in our heads as, as to what it's going to be like when we get married, that all of those things that are happening while we're dating, uh, you know, it's just, and, and, and we find all the reasons why that's not such a big deal because we're into the fun and the excitement. We're into being wanted. Hey, who doesn't want to be wanted? If you have been pursued in a relationship, what is that saying? That you're worth pursuing? 
that somebody wants to be with you, that somebody has decided, you know, I'm going to take the time to make sure I show up at your door and I want to sit with you and have a meal and I want to take you out to a movie and, and, and I want to spend time with you because I like being with you. And we can get caught up in that part about ourselves, of how good this is feeling to us, that we don't want to lose that. And so we tend to overlook, dismiss some behaviors, some red flags. Some relationships will have conversations about some of these issues. But many will not because the fear of losing the relationship. So this is what many will do. They're going to carry that brick of not the best into the marriage. In their mind, they kind of know there's some things here that I don't really, I don't really like, but you know, it's just part of the relationship. So you carry that into the marriage. And you decide that it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not really, it's not really that bad. And so it just doesn't get on the radar. Why is that? Why, why, why do we do that? Uh, why do we, why do we dismiss and be okay with dismissing? Why are we okay with giving all the excuses of behaviors, thinking that we're going to change them or they're not that big a deal. Well, I I think it's immaturity. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're only mature enough when you're 30. But I do think it it means that when you are younger, that you have to be willing to listen to people when they say things to you that you need to kind of like think about. You know what one of the hardest things to do with couples, especially couples young, and there's nothing wrong with getting married when you're young. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that people who have been down the road and can give you some advice or tell you, hey, you might want to think about something, don't blow them off. In fact, sit down and listen to them. You know, listen to what they're saying. They probably have some um, some things to think about. Why? Because they've already been there, done that. But, you know, there's immaturity. And, and it could be, you know, also kind of insecure. Is this the only person you've ever dated? And, and you've never dated anybody else? And so this is it. It has to be it because there's nobody else. Who else is going to want me? Um, it also could be just emotionally underdeveloped. Okay, so it so it says that um in 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 science and neurobiology that that the brain is not fully developed until about age 25, 26 years old. Okay. So, I mean, who's going to say I can't get married till I'm 27? Nobody's going to say that. But I do think we have to remember that that there are still some things maybe we just need a little help on. A little more conversation. It also could be that we just are not prepared to handle and tackle hard topics. 
That's one of the things that should be happening premarital counseling, which by the way, we usually only typically give maybe two, three months of that. Maybe. Some people think it's ridiculous. That's, I, I have known people, parents, who have said, oh, nobody needs that premarital stuff. They can work it out when they get married. Really? Huh. I beg to differ on that one. Because I think this is where you have the hard conversations. This is where you look at the reality of two people coming together and things they need to work on and consider. I also think that people have this fear of not um, staying in a relationship that may have an issue because they just have that fear of rejection. You know, nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody. And so people get caught up sometimes and they'll, they will work through this and take this on and carry this around and suppress their own voice because they just don't want to be rejected and they, they don't want to have to go through that. So they don't. I want to share with you some red flags. Some red flags that must or need to be talked about when making the decision to commit to a lifelong relationship. I said lifelong relationship. If somebody's going into a relationship to get married with this idea that, you know, if it doesn't work out, we can do the divorce thing, then it's, uh, don't get married. Don't do that. Don't play with people's emotions like that. Granted, things happen in marriages that divorce will happen, but do not go into a marriage with that idea of thinking that that's my out. That should never be, that should never be on your mind. This is a commitment to a lifelong relationship. And while we like to say sometimes it's about falling in love, and yes, I get that, but it's also committed to that love. Committed in a way that says, I'm going to do everything I can to be my best me. Because you cannot control the other person. You cannot. And if you try to go into a marriage thinking you're going to control them, you're going to change their religion, you're going to change the way they talk, you're going to change where they're from, you're going to do all these things to them, good luck. Because that sounds more like trying to control somebody than it is loving somebody. We've done a poor job for the most part of being okay with talking about difficult topics, whether it's sexual issues, behavior concerns, parent involvement, or expectations. I want to say this too. When you get married, you are marrying into the other person's family. You're marrying into the other person's family. So think about that. Think about how you're going to get along and work to get along with their family.
We're going to talk next week about how many times that and happening more that couples are removing themselves from each other's families for reasons that aren't okay. And we'll talk about that next week. Sexual issues. We don't talk about that in premarital counseling. And I'm not saying we, because my husband and I do premarital and we talk about this. But for the most part, we do not discuss this. And it needs to be discussed because a lot of times, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, parents, we have done, I'm, I'm making this a collective we, we have done a lousy job of talking to our kids about sex. Lousy. Why do I know that? Because I talk to these people as clients. And what they have experienced, what they have been told, the addictions that come into this particular type of issue is destroying a lot of of couples. So it's something we're going to talk about too next week. Behaviors. Expectations. You ever hear somebody talk about this hallmark kind of marriage, you know, that you only see on the Hallmark channel. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Why? Because marriages are made up of people and people uh, do not have the ability to be perfect. People have stuff. That doesn't mean you can't have a good marriage, but that's not going to be perfect. So one of the things I think I want to ask those of you who are not married or may be dating, have, you know, in serious relationships or engaged, is what, what, what's it going to be like to be married to me? What's, the, what's that going to be like? You know, the other day I was listening to this uh, psychologist who deals with a lot of family, marriage and family things. And he was talking about a client um, and, and the client was dating and was very serious about this woman he was dating and, and it was wanting to get married and was very much pursuing her to, to, to get married. And this is what she said to him. Now listen carefully. She said to him, I would love to marry you, but you're not ready to lead me. Boom. Boom. I just like, wow. Wow. That is something that we don't talk about either. And here's what the psychologist said. And I think he's right. Just because you're a male doesn't mean you're a leader. Just because you're a male does not make you the head of anything. Why? Because you don't know how to do it. Because you don't know how to lead. You don't know how to to run a household. You don't know how to love. And that's why, as parents... That's why as mentors, that's why as leadership in churches, that's why even as teachers, we've got to do a better job of helping develop 
men into a position where, yeah, they can be a leader. And we're going to talk next week about what that means and what that looks like to be a leader. So what are these red flags? What are these red flags that, that, that need to be seen and addressed? Number one, jealousy. Jealousy. Let me tell you what that looks like. That is, that is the guy or the girl who will not let you out of his or her sight. You have to be, you have to be with them constantly. That you have to be there all the time. And they have to know where you are all the time. That's jealousy plus control. Number two, refusal to compromise. It's their way or the highway. They, they're not going to give up on what they want. And they are going to do everything they can to convince you that this is what you want too. And so when you get that into a marriage, it's going to be very lopsided. And somebody in that marriage is going to get very frustrated because they, they do not have a voice because there's no compromising here. Number three, a lack of communication. I have always said communication does exist even when it's silent <clears throat> because silence sends a message. Silence does communicate. It communicates a lot of things that need to be said and aren't. Number four, controlling behaviors. No, you can't do that. No, you can't buy that. No, you can't go over there. No, you can't pursue that degree. No, you can't go work there. No, you can't. No, you can't. Or if they're not saying, no, you can't, they're kind of maybe you know, making it like, oh, you don't really want that, do you? I mean, we can't really get that. And all the reasons of control. Number five, lying. I'm telling you, when you have somebody in your life that you're thinking about marrying and you catch them in lies, um, we got a trust problem right there. And if you think that's going to get any better in a marriage... You're just as wrong as you can be. Once a liar, always a liar. Number six, excessive criticism. Making fun of you, the way you talk, the way you dress. Uh, That was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. Um, My dad could have done that better. My mother did a much better job on making that particular food. Um, No, you never figure out what it's supposed to That criticism. Number seven, codependency. Now, this is a codependency also that can be seen when when, uh, one or the other, one of the spouses or the the persons, the the guy or the girl, they're they're kind of uh, making decisions based on what mom or dad want. So, so, they're, so they're codependent in that relationship, but it also can be codependency with each other that one person will absolutely depend on the other one to make decisions for everything. And those decisions will have to be made to make sure the other person's happy. Co 
dependent. Number eight, lack of support. I've seen this before. Somebody wants to go pursue something. Um, um, maybe they want to go back to school. Uh, maybe they want to change a job. Maybe they want to move. Maybe they, maybe they, ha- there's things that you have to discuss and there's no support. You, you can't even talk about it. These are things you got to think about and talk about while you're dating and in that engagement period. Because I'm telling you, once you're in that engagement period, it's hard to back out of that. Now, I've seen it. I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen. But once you get there, some of this stuff needs to be worked on prior to getting there. Abuse. What's abuse look like? Abuse looks like yelling. Abuse looks like emotional abuse. Making you believe you you shouldn't have a voice in something or you're not very good at something or a decision you made was not good. Physical abuse, touching you in some way, pushing you in some way, pinching you, becoming powerful over you, using their body weight to kind of move you into a position where they are bigger than you. Spiritual abuse to where they take scripture and twist in order to manipulate and control. Financial abuse, to where they use your money that you come to in the marriage and then you have no say in anything financial at all. Now, I'm going to talk about this one particular point when I'm talking about abuse, and I'm just going to touch on it because this happened with the Super Bowl. I don't want to go into all the reasons that I should not say this. I'm going to go to the reasons why I should. And here's what you saw. You saw a 34-year-old professional man, big guy, who makes a lot of money, who decided it was okay to be loud and angry in the face of a 65-year-old man who was an authority figure. Okay. Nudged him with his weight, got a little more powerful and moved him. And what has happened since all of that? Excuse after excuse. This is how it goes. This is part of sports. It's okay to be abusive in sports. It's no big deal. This happens all the time. So what are we saying? It's okay in sports to be, to do this. I disagree. I've been around sports a lot. And at some point, when this kind of behavior happens, what's it saying to our young women and our young men? This this is what you do when you don't like something. And I will also say that I have a lot of women who are clients who have seen this very same behavior in their home. And they knew exactly what was happening. I'm not saying anything against the whole win of that. I'm just not. Because this is not what it's about. It's about a behavior that's not okay. Here's what I want you to remember. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And you can't make that right. 
because right is right and wrong is wrong. And that behavior was wrong. And if you are seeing that in your relationship with dating, that yelling, that shoving, that taking control, that power, you better sit down and think about what you're doing. And this is one of those conversations to have. A difficult one. How about number 10? Unable to be flexible. They're never going to give in. Uh, They're not going to listen to you. It has to be the way they have it planned. Because all of a sudden, what you want is not important anymore. And I'm going to tell you something that will absolutely rob your voice. And in a marriage, you will not have a voice anymore because you are being trained in a dating relationship and an engagement when this kind of stuff is happening. Number 11, not respecting boundaries. Boundaries with what? Of respecting you and the boundary, respecting parents on both sides, respecting other people that are going to be in their lives from now on, respecting the boundary of the person that you're dating or engaged and they're saying no to any kind of sex before marriage and you're pushing because that's what you want, or they are saying no to other things that to them it's bothering their conscience, it's, it's interfering with their, with their faith. If they're not flexible in, in, in talking about it, you gotta, you, you gotta tackle it. And number 12 is any kind of substance or substance use or anything like that. This, you know, nowadays drugs is, is, it's, it's, it's rampant. And if you are with somebody who has some kind of, uh, substance abuse, alcoholism, Anything like that, anything revolved about you, you've got to make sure that is addressed. And here's, I'm going to add one more thing to that. If you're dating someone or you're engaged to someone who is addicted to pornography, no wedding until they have gotten treatment and they have been able to be free of that addiction. And you need to find out if they're addicted. This is men and women. You need to find out if they're addicted. You need to find out what they're doing. Are they hiding it from you? But if they have a pornography addiction, no wedding until that addiction is confronted and until they're in treatment. Because pornography will destroy a marriage. It will destroy it. All right, this was a hard topic today, but I think it's one that we've got to have because I think it's that important that we have to see the red flags. This is a, this time of dating and in the engagement period and planning for weddings is fun. It can be stressful. It can be stressful and just know that something will go wrong. It's just the way it works. Something will go wrong, but please know that when you are committing to a marriage, this is serious. Yeah, it's one day of fun and beauty, but the next day, it's, it's marriage. It's married. It's serious. So think about it long and hard. Try to get your emotions checked 
so that you're not responding in emotional ways to something where you need to be objective. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember to be kind. This podcast is brought to you by The Still Waters. The Still Waters is a service to provide counseling when you don't know what to do or how to make it through those difficult days. Buried beneath a lifetime of heartache and broken, sometimes help is needed to find the real you, the genuine you created by God. Through The Still Waters, you can find the life tools that lead to peace and healing and happiness. Go to the website stillwaterslife.com and take the first step toward rising above and finding a better life. stillwaterslife.com Visit the website today, stillwaterslife.com